Yo, welcome to Talk is Talk, the podcast where people, you guessed it, talk. I'm Ty Windish. I'm here with Ben Mahich. Happy Johnny Appleseed Day. Uh, I figure to celebrate, we'll just see what Ben knows about Johnny Appleseed, which it, it would not surprise me if he didn't know much. Uh, ben, what do you know about Johnny Appleseed? You know, Ty, I don't know, I don't know much about Johnny Appleseed, but I feel like he's a part of the group that conspired to form this daylight savings crap. Oh, like he's a oh farmer, right? Goodness. He farms apples or whatever, and I think farmers are the ones that did it, or at least that's the conspiracy out there. I don't know any farmers outside of Johnny Appleseed, so I blame Johnny Appleseed. That sounds like a, a usual logical decision-making process for you. You don't like daylight savings time. Hell no, I don't like. Dude, I woke up at ten in a panic, cold sweat. I was like, <laughs> I'm a loser. I woke up at ten. And I texted my girl. I was like, oh, my God, it's 10 o'clock. And she's like, relax. It's like 9. But not really. It was still 10. Yeah, it's 10 now. Well, now it's, it's still 10, 10. But it was 10. I mean, I do like having more daylight, though. That's true. But what about Johnny Appleseed? Give me something. Like, what should I know about this man? Is Was he a fictional character? I no, assume I he was. No, I think he was real. He's based, He's a real person. Basically, like... No, so, your last name no, is Appleseed. Real. No, like, it's that's not. not he, has a, he has a real last name. That's, like, that's, his, that's his stage name. You know, it's like oh, he, so he's a, like, is he getting freaky on the web? Like, who is no? He? He's dead now. This uh, is this is how easy it was to get famous back in the day. He literally just walked all over, like eating apples and planting the seeds, like literally all over, like the Midwest or the country or the heartland somewhere in America, I think. And a bunch of apple trees grew because of him, and that that's what he did. Johnny, you know what, Ty? I don't believe you, man. <laughs> uh, all right, well, listen. I'll pull up the Wikipedia page right now. Johnny Appleseed. That's what he does. Did. <laughs> All that's, right, no, I, I got it. I believe you. He lived from 1774 till 1845. He was a pioneer nurseryman who introduced apple trees to large parts of Pennsylvania, Ontario, Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois, as well as the northern countries of present-day West Virginia. He became an American legend while still alive due to his kind, generous ways, his leadership in conservation, and the symbolic importance he attributed to apples. That's, you know, he did that. That's what he Shout did. Shout out to Johnny Appleseed. He literally got famous for planting apples. Well, he was the first one to do it, you know? Like, you look at apple trees, or you go in an orchard, and you're just like, who, like, who found this, you know? I do that often. I just look at random items and I'm like, who configured this? Who's the first one? And Johnny Appleseed was the one for the apple tree. Yeah, apparently later he had a a weird religious tip uh, at the end of his life Uh, where he he was upset because pioneers were buying indulgences such as calico and imported tea. He's not happy about... It's apples. It's apples only, yeah. uh, He's mad people weren't buying apples, I bet. Well, shout out to Johnny Appleseed. He's had a uh, what a career, you know. Yeah, <laughs> what a life. What a life Johnny Appleseed had, and he lives on. The site of his grave is disputed. No one knows where he is. I bet there's an apple tree on. Yeah, he's not. All right, I'm I'm back to square. He's not real. He was real. This guy's real his again. real name was John Chapman. Know. And then he birthday. just became Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. Shout out to him. He was two when America became America. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any questions for me that aren't related to Johnny Appleseed? Brandon Jennings, Ty. Oh, yeah. 
was out there hanging out in beautiful Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Balmy Oshkosh. A couple weeks later, he's back in Milwaukee. Is he actually going to make a difference for this team, for this Bucks team that's right in the middle of the playoff hunt, could potentially climb to home court advantage, get third, maybe snatch it from the Cavaliers? Or is this signing more of a novelty? I mean... But give me your thoughts on Brendan Jennings. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is a guy who I thought was going to become a star. You know, that the high-scoring game he had kind of ruined him, I thought. The double like, nickel against the Warriors. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, we all know how Brandon Jennings plays. Like, he's, you know, he he calls himself a pass-first guard, and he's got, he had a 10-assist game in Oshkosh, but, you know, he can score. He can score in droves. And the biggest differences from, you know, the first Bucks era Brandon Jennings to the second one is, you know, he's probably not as quick as he was. That's what, you know, miles on your legs and injuries will do to you. He does shoot more threes. That's been a big focus for him. He's talked about that in China and in the G League. He wants to become more of a weapon. He wants to play in the NBA for a while until he's 30-something, is what he said. It, for years, he said. Um, because So that's that's been a focus of his, is to become more of a shooter, because obviously teams are looking for that. You know, as to, you know, is, is the signing... Is he going to make a difference to be more of a novelty? Um, he certainly is going to be get media and fan attention. Uh, he did that with the herd. He's going to do that with the Bucks. Bucks and six, obviously, the prolific quote he gave me about that. It's it's for the culture. I mean, it, it there's a culture built up around him. Um, I don't think. I mean, listen. Here's the thing. Like, I would have rather seen uh, Xavier Munford get more run with the Bucks and get a chance to play with the Bucks than Brandon Jennings because, you know, Jennings isn't old, but Munford is young, and he was on Team USA with Jeff Van Gundy. He's got a lot of potential, in my opinion. I think he could be a true NBA player. I think they, they the Bucks are kind of selling him short by not giving him any chances to run the offense while Deli and Brogdon are both out. Uh, Jennings might be pretty good. Um, it'll be interesting to see how another guy who kind of needs the ball in his hands. I mean, if he can become more of a spot-up shooter, that would help. But most of the time, what we've seen from Brandon Jennings is he likes to have the ball. Uh, he's, I think he's been trying to, to change that up a little bit, but he still, I think, is at his best when he just has the ball and he dribbles and pulls up from three. And that was great for the herd where, you know, the other teammates are like Marshall Plumley and James Blackman Jr. On the Bucks with Giannis and Jabari and Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe, I'm not sure it'll work that well. Uh, he kind of, as a player, is... Sean Kilpatrick-esque. Obviously, Kilpatrick was let go for Shabazz Muhammad. Uh, then Mirza Toledovic was released probably due, due, due to health reasons for Jennings. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to attract... It's going to be a popular fan move. Everyone is clamoring for it when you sign with the Herd. But, I don't know. It, it could help. I, I don't. I, I would rather see Munford get more opportunities, though. Right. I mean, I covered Brandon... Last year with the Wizards, when they signed him after the trade deadline, after he was waived by the Knicks, and he was signed to replace Trey Burke, but he wasn't much better. He struggled to shoot the ball. His percentages were very low. Uh, he didn't seem very confident in himself. Scott Brooks was imploring him to shoot the ball more, and he just wasn't very good. So I was kind of surprised that he made it back to the league this quickly. Yeah, I mean the Bucks have Unless made a he couple just balled of st- out with the hurt. He he had a couple of good games, but I mean. Like, the game before he came up, he looked visibly mad on the floor, and no one was really sure why. Um, I was sitting next to someone in the front office for one of the visiting teams, and they were like, why is he mad today? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, And I wasn't able to talk to him after that game. But, I mean, like, 
he's had some really good games for the herd. You know, like within the last week or two, he also had a an zero for ten shooting performance where he didn't score a single point, but he had ten assists. Nice. So, uh, I, I I don't know. It's I feel like there's a lot of very good players available that the Bucks could have used, and I feel like Brandon Jennings being Brandon Jennings is the reason is a big reason he got the call. I mean, if nothing else, it's a fun signing, and it's more reason to watch the Bucks. I think so. Yeah, I mean, people are excited about it, but I mean, I, you know, and listen, I I enjoyed talking to Brandon when I got the chance to. I think he does have uh, a good scoring ability. He's got the weird lefty step back that catches guys off guard sometimes. But again, like let X play. I mean, and quietly, like James Blackman Jr. has been tremendous for the herd, and I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do for the rest of the season. All right, Ben, we're we're coming back to my man Fred Van Vliet and the Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Have you come around on the Raptors yet? All right, Ty. Here's the deal, man. They're on pace to win 60 games, I think. More than that. And this is probably the best Raptors team ever put together. I would say. say. Easily. Easily. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan's probably second in the MVP race. Up behind Ah, James Harden. Third. Third? Okay, we'll get that. Yeah, you're going to talk about second later, I think. And, I mean... No one expected that for him, so they'll take it. Third in the MVP race, sure, we'll we'll take it. Kyle Lowry is a bona fide All Star. The world players, including Fred VanVleet, are seemingly perfect fits for that team. But still, Ty, still, when you think about him playing in the postseason, man, like, do you actually envision them making the finals? Like, is this team yes. much different yes. than that iteration of the Hawks team that that finished first but couldn't beat the Cavs in the playoffs? Like, maybe. But that core, the, the Rosen and Lowry, like obviously they've they've been better over the past few years. They've gotten better throughout the years, as you would naturally since they've been playing. But it's the, the core is the same. It's the same core that got swept by the Wizards in the first round three years ago, and it's the same core that lost to the Cavaliers last year. Ty, and I'm not sold on Dwayne Casey either. He's probably the coach of the year this Ooh, year, but he geez. still gives me strange vibes. Like if listen if. Is he capable of drawing up a winning play at the end of the game the same way a Brad Stevens would? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I haven't seen him do a, that in the playoffs. He yet, drew up right? a great one for Toronto that iced the Bucks when he got Demar Derozan an open dunk to end whatever game that was, and that that changed the whole series. That pretty much ended Milwaukee's hopes that's, in that series. And I'm not trying to knock Milwaukee, but that's the Bucks. Like, are, are they going to be able to replicate that against a team like the Cavaliers? I understand this Cavaliers team is a lot different than it was even last year, but there's still LeBron James, man. And historically, Lowry and DeRozan haven't elevated their games in the playoffs. Like, in fact, they've done the opposite. I've seen Kyle Lowry succumb to, to his opponents in the playoffs all the time. I, I've seen... Uh, sophomore Otto Porter shut down DeMar DeRozan. And again, I understand DeRozan's been better, but historically these guys haven't been better in the playoffs where the guys they're playing against have. I can't see them beating LeBron. And and really, I think if they can get pushed to seven games by a, by a healthy Wizards team even, that is the opposite of the Raptors team. Constantly, consistently don't live up to expectations in the regular season. And then when the playoffs roll around, guys like John Wall and Bradley Beal, I mean, Bradley Beal was putting up like 25 points a game his third season in the NBA against DeMar DeRozan, who was already an all-star. I mean, Otto Porter I mean, listen, I, the best numbers of his career. They got swept by this team, Ty. Yeah, and they, they get did, that who, who's made it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, I, I feel like everyone says that, but which of, these two, which of those two teams made the Eastern Conference Finals? It wasn't Washington. I understand, but they pushed the Caval- they pushed the Celtics to seven games last year. Like the Wizards were a team capable of making the conference finals. Like sure they didn't, but I think they were capable. 
Sure. I mean, they were, listen, they were like two Kelly Olynyk threes away from making it. James Harden came into Toronto and dropped 40 points on 22 shots, and the Raptors won a couple days ago. I mean, that that's like this team is taking punches from the best teams in the league and still winning. Like, they're tremendous. DeMar is better than he's ever been. And that's the the first thing. I mean, you talk yep. about you need that signature player in the playoffs. It's DeMar DeRozan. Like, it, Kyle Lowry's still very good. He balled out against Houston tremendously. But, like, DeMar can carry this team. I mean, he's shown that now. Like, it's it's evident. And the, <sighs> the different core part is, like, they didn't change their guys, but their guys are better now. Like, people in Toronto are freaking out about what Jakob Pertl's doing. Fred VanVleet, the young guys, because they've been good. The only one who's not been good, really, is Norm Powell. And if he comes around, that's a whole different story again for them. But even, like, Valanchunas has been a lot better than he's been recently. He's found ways to be more useful. Like, what Casey's done is he's taken this core and said, hey, let's let's play like it's 2018 and not 2008. And it's worked really, really well for them. Uh, I mean, DeRozan's shooting threes now. Let's just move on to my to Tinder right away. <laughs> my swipe right is Demar Derozan to doing some to dunking because obviously he dunked all over. I don't even remember what team that was. I watched that game though. It was the Pistons, um, I believe. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, was it Tolliver? Anthony Tolliver. Yeah, yeah he, he ruined Tolliver's his career life. right there. Anthony Tolliver, a fine player. Well, was Demar Derozan this year? Sixty-five games, sixty-five starts playing the fewest minutes he's played since his rookie season because the Raptors are different now. Shooting 65, four, not 65, excuse me, 46.5% from the field. 23.3% from deep doesn't sound great, but it's the second best mark he's ever shot from deep, and he's taking more threes by far than he ever has before. 50% from two, which again is career high, except for his rookie season. 82, almost 83% from the line. 5.2 assists is a career high for DeRozan, and the advanced numbers bear out. He's a much better passer than he's ever been. Four rebounds per game. Uh, 24 points is the lowest. He's lower than he put up last year, but again, he's playing less, and he's actually taking almost three less shots per game. It's like they play differently now. They play better than ever. I, I don't know. I really like watching the Raptors. I think the narrative going into everything is going to be until they prove it in the playoffs, and that's fine. They, they have to... They do have to prove it, even though this is a team that's been to a conference finals. Uh, they, they look differently this year. Maybe they have to reprove it. But you're talking about the third-best offensive team and the fourth-best defensive team in the NBA. They're tremendous. Like, I, I I don't know what team I favor over Toronto in a series, if any. And a lot that's of it comes totally down to DeMar. A lot of it comes I don't down know. to DeMar. I, I'm in that camp that you just mentioned until I see it in the playoffs. And the, I mean, they did play well last year but i don't know i, I can see them beating lebron i don't know i think they'd, they'd have a really hard time beating the wizards too but we'll see what are you what are you swiping right on i'm swiping right on the great anthony davis i have Not him i have him second in man. mvp okay totally that's totally understandable and you know what i'm not swiping just because he He's the only man who can rock a unibrow and make it look sexy, but because he's on pace for a Hall of Fame career. And it's his birthday today, Ty. The man just turned 25. He's six years deep in the league. Just one playoff appearance, a sweep by the Warriors. That's all right. He hasn't had many great teammates. But in my opinion, he's the most underappreciated superstar in the NBA. This year, he's putting up 28 points, 11 rebounds, over two blocks a game. Dropped 41 against the Clippers last week. The guy's a top five player on any given night. I think you'd agree with me. But he isn't treated like one. So, Ant... Hopefully he gets healthy, plays on his birthday today, 
Pelicans need them. They're fourth in the West right now, but it's a tight race, just like it is in the East. They're fourth, but like two games behind the 10th place Jazz, who are the hottest team in the league. So shouts out to Ant Davis. Hopefully he has a better birthday than I did last month, which is my swipe left. Hopefully you don't mind. That was just a decent segue. Oh, just go right ahead. <laughs> so it was my birthday last month, Ty. Turned 22. I'm getting old, almost in my mid-20s. My girlfriend, being the angel she is, she booked us a trip to Philly. Neither of us have ever been. I don't know if you've been, Ty, but it's a beautiful city. Have not been. She bought a Sixers tickets, knowing I have a man crush on Markel, even though he's not going to play. JJ, Joel, love these guys. We had a great Friday night, Ty. Made friends with this little boy in front of me who wore a Dario Saris jersey. It was great. Saturday rolls around. We're headed to see the Constitution and whatnot. Some old-ass paperwork, basically. Did you see Nick Cage there? I left there? my car outside. No, Nick Cage was not there. He already, he already, <laughs> I already, got, recognize it. Him he already got it, probably. But I left on. my car outside, yeah. tied this Airbnb. I went to click the unlock button. Car's gone, man. Car's not there, Ty. I thought someone stole it. I'm freaking out. My girl's calling the police. Because he's like, Ben, are you sure you left it here? I'm like, I did not do mushrooms. Like, I know I left the car <laughs> outside of this Airbnb. This car is gone, Ty. Cops like, chill. You just call the tow place. It's probably chill. there. I'm like, there's no way I paid for parking, Ty. Like, they can't tow me. I'm. I literally parked it right next to the to the uh, tow meter thing, or the meter. You know, I yeah. paid for parking like three hours, even though I needed 45 minutes just to be sure, man. It's gone, dude. <laughs> I called the tow place. They're like, it's here, man. I called an Uber there. My girl's like, Ben, you can't be a dick to these people. I'm like, I won't. Babe, <laughs> she I won't. knew. She knew. Then my Serbian DNA kicks in. My Serbian <laughs> DNA kicks in, man. I flip out on the dude, man. I flipped out on this poor man. I was like, I asked the dude behind the counter if he's if he tows people too, you know, because he's working behind the counter, just stealing people's money. So I'm like, yo, like, do you tow cars too? Because I'm trying to tap into this dude's mindset, like why I picked this career out of all the ones, why I ruined people's days. So he rebuttaled with, he asked me, like, what do you do? And I'm like, I freelance, man. I freelance right. He's like, here, since you like to write, take this form and maybe it'll inspire wow. a Netflix special. He wow. owned me, man. So not only did I lose $250 for no reason, man, I lost my pride in front of my girl who told me to shut my mouth before I got there. Oh. The dude was a real-life soul snatcher, Ty. Jesus Christ. I'm also having car trouble if it makes owned. you feel better. What's wrong with your car? My brakes just don't really work right anymore. Dude, that's not that's not good. You got to fix not that. Not ideal. Out. Yeah, I'm going in on Monday morning to the. Luckily, there's a place literally three minute drive from my house, so I'm going to drive there that's, at about five miles an hour. Super that's exciting, great, man. I mean, your boy. I have faulty brakes one day. I was listening to the future, just Ooh, bumping, uh-oh, you know, going uh-oh. maybe like six, seven, six, seven over, you know, which is, I guess fine, whatever. I wouldn't recommend going. to over at all but i was going six seven over probably going like 50 bro i hit the break that it didn't it just didn't oh no you know, the thing just failed and just i just barreled into this dude in front of me oh shit what happened then it destroyed my car so you oh. gotta fix those brakes ty yeah that's i'm going i'm not driving anywhere else trust me that's that's so sketch the brakes can just like stop you think there would be like a layer of redundancy there but nah one thing goes wrong. Nah. Exactly, dude. When I when I hit a break and it just failed, I was like, "Oh, this is great." It <laughs> it's felt like, like a oh, nightmare. Sick. I still have I I still literally have nightmares about it. Yeah, because there's just like nothing you can even do. Just oh, 
Jeez. Well, you got it. Yeah, that's how you got it. Yeah, take care of your brakes, people. Give it a break. <laughs> Tell it to Johnny Appleseed, man. Tell it to Johnny Appleseed. Uh, I'm swiping left on health once again in the NBA. Uh, my guy, I'm pretty sure your guy as well, Ben Mirtzatelenovich, was released by the Bucks Love last it. night. Uh, they're gonna, I'm sure they're gonna try to get salary relief because he's. They're, I'm, I'm sure their 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 play here is that because of his blood clot issues, he's medically unable to play basketball anymore. Um, you know, a lot of Bucks fans are excited about this. You know, finally we get this money off the books. It's not off yet. They hopefully get it off. Whatever. Listen, this is not something to be celebrated. This is someone's career that ended unfortunately. Uh, he was hopeful as recent as December that he would be able to play. You know, for the rest of the season, for the rest of his career, Mirza is a good player. Uh, if you look at plus-minus numbers, even this season in short appearances, like the Bucks were better than they were normally with him on the floor. He he is productive, and besides that, he's a great guy who lived through a lot of trauma in his home of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, he made it through all that just because he loves playing basketball, and uh, you know, I wish him the best, and I hope he can find something else that he loves to do as much you know like chris bosh is showing right now there's still plenty to do even if you can't play anymore there's still opportunities so hopefully mirza and his family can you know find where they want to be and what they want to do and uh just have a, a great productive safe life even if you can't play anymore it just stinks to have that happen to someone especially someone just i mean anyone of course but especially someone like mirza who will just really love the game he loved it, man. And you know what? He's not giving up. Like I understand that it's gonna yeah. be tough to come back for that, and it's gonna it's gonna be hard to convince any team to sign him with that sort of condition. But I don't think he's the only one to stop playing basketball. And and it wouldn't surprise me if he goes back overseas and plays. Yeah, back uh, Euro League somewhere. Yeah, probably. I mean, he killed it. I think he played in the Spanish league before, led led the Euro League in scoring. So, and I'm half Bosnian too, so I have a, I have an affinity for Mirza. So hopefully, he gets better. I, I'm not half Bosnian, but I also have an affinity for Mirza. So, yeah, shout out to Mirza. <laughs> uh, we're rooting for you here on Talk is Talk, that's for sure. I think it's mailbag time. You know uh, what, Ty? What? Did we get any questions? Yeah, I got a couple. I got some here. I got First, I had these ones DM to me on February 18. I'm pretty sure we've done podcasts since then, but I forgot to use them. Wait, have we used these questions? I'm not, what are they? One of them's about uh, which Michael's the goat, Michael Scott, Michael Scarn, Prison Mike, or Date Mike? I think so. I remember talking about Michael Scott. And the first one was if the 2015 Warriors played the 95 Bulls, how would coach Steve Kerr tell his team to defend guard Steve Kerr's clutch three-point shooting? <laughs> it seemed vaguely familiar. No, we didn't get that one. We didn't, we didn't do that? All right, let's do that one. I feel that like we did the Michael one. I'm going to skip the Michael one. This is from Nick Bodie. Yeah, yeah. At Nick Bodie 41. Nick Bodie the God. So, all right, Ben. If if the 2015 Warriors, so that's an important distinction. That's a title team, those Warriors, but that's pre-KD. That's when the starting lineup was Steph, Clay, um, Dr- uh, Harrison, Barnes, Harrison Barnes, Draymond, and Bogut. Yep. And the lineup of death, you put in Iguodala for Bogut. So how would Coach Kerr defend Steve? I mean, I feel like that's the last of Steve Kerr's problems. If Coach Kerr's problems. Yeah, he doesn't. 
he doesn't even list them on the scouting report. Maybe that's, puts them on there for like a couple of sentences. That's Steph's assignment. I would I would assume that's who they put Steph on. Because you're gonna put Clay I mean, on. You're gonna put Clay on Jordan. I think. Um. Yeah, I think you try Clay on Jordan, and then you probably yeah, you help, see how you it help goes. And if, he, if probably he's, help with Draymond. Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe you you put Iguodala on Jordan for most of the game. I, I would switch. I would I would throw different guys at him. I think that's what Kerr would do. I think he would yeah. guard, he would have like three different like Barnes would pick him up for a little while. Draymond would probably guard him primarily a couple times, but not most of the time because they need him down low. Um, Bogut would make a big difference. Yeah, and I'm just series. thinking how they guarded LeBron. And, yeah, because Iguodala took a lot of out of like yeah. all of those possessions from LeBron. Yeah, he did. So I think Iggy would take a lot of it too. They'd probably have Barnes on Pippen for most of the game. Yeah. No, I think Bogut would. Bogut would be big in that series. Bogut, Bogut's help defense at the rim because that's when Bogut could still really play before he got hurt that year. Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think did he didn't even get hurt that year. Did he? I don't think so. He got hurt the year that no, lost. No, he didn't get hurt that year. Yeah, so healthy Bogut protecting the rim is essential with Jordan on the other team because, I mean, he didn't become a shooter. Yeah. I don't think he was even really a shooter. Like, he sort of was in 95. I mean, that's not early Jordan, but he was always more dangerous driving than pulling up, even if some of his best moments are him pulling up. Yeah, and that, that team gets waxed in, like, five games. Against the Warriors? Lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Warriors would easily win. They're just more equipped to play now. Like, if we're playing in 2015 rules, the Warriors win. Maybe if we're playing and 95 rules, probably, they, don't they win. just have more talent than them. Yeah, and I mean they're that just team is like just way more talented. Than them. Well, in the way Kerr does things, it's like I mean, obviously there's the triangle system, but the triangle system is really just like Mike just do a whole lot. Like that's the triangle, in my opinion. There's more to it, and there's sets you can set up, but. Like the way those Bulls played, it was like, all right, Mike, score forty a game this play this this postseason, and we can probably win. Like, all right, well, that's duh. Right. Yeah, you can't. I don't even know if you could do that anymore. Thinking about how the Bulls would guard the Warriors would be interesting, though. I bet Mike would want Steph, and they'd put Pippen on Clay. Yeah. And then, well, or, what do they what yeah, do, you do yeah. with Kerr? Put Kerr on Harrison Barnes. Yeah, no one cares. Oh man, they get they're gonna get cooked, man. I don't know. I would like to watch the series. Like, there's a chance Michael's sheer power of, of will and ability gets them the win. I, I mean, think people, they people forget, won, maybe. People forget how good Mike and Scotty both were defensively. Like, I think that would be a big thing. Like, if they could actually limit Steph and Clay, then it's a series. Because this is pre-KD. Like, now there's just a cheat code. Like, you limit Steph and Clay, and all of a sudden KD is 55, and you're noggin. It doesn't matter anyway. Pre-KD Warriors. I mean, obviously they were a team. Like, they, they worked on a... Like, their whole team was good. Great. But, I mean, Steph and Clay were the engines. Especially Steph. And if one of them gets cocky, like, early in the first quarter, I don't care who you have out there. That team's yeah. getting cooked. Yeah. I, I would. I, I really. This is like normally. I don't care about historical. Like, what if this team played that team? Because yeah. mo- most of the time it's boring. This is one that actually fascinates me. I would love to watch these teams play. But alas, I we mean, never it would will. be. A, it would be a great series. <laughs> it would be a great. I mean, just Jordan matching up with Steph would be fantastic. Imagine Steph getting the opportunity 
to prove that he's actually all-time great. He's still underrated, in my opinion. Forever and always. As a defender? Or just... As general? a player. As an overall player. Hmm. Hmm. All right. I think right now he's probably properly rated, but we'll see what happens historically. I mean, just KD um, being there, I think, kind of skews it a little bit. And it's, I mean, it's so hard to rate those guys, especially because their importance on the team is different than their value as players individually, I think. Because KD is probably, I don't know if you agree with me on this, the best player on this year's Warriors team, but Steph's importance to the team might be greater than KD. Because I think they, they still win the championship without KD, probably. Or at least give themselves a great chance to win a championship, but I'm not sure they do if if Steph's out. If you have to play Sean Livingston 30 minutes, or I agree, I agree with that. I just think like Steph, like the gravity of Steph is something people mock a lot, but it's very real if you watch the games. Like yeah. he, like when he's on the floor, teams just have to defend so much differently, and like it's KD's great too, and, you, and KD can shoot to too, but it's different. Four feet away from yeah, the basket, exactly, and you can't. Like, unless you have a really good defender on him, there's probably more than one guy he's got to worry about him at all times. And that's like that's why the it's rest of the team looks so good. When you have to go over screens above, the, like, literally right above the half-court line, your, your defense is going to be screwed. Yeah, and that's I, the other I, I've, team seen, ever. I've seen this very problematic take lately that if you switched Steph and Dame, the Warriors wouldn't be as good. Or they're not, I'm sorry, it's not the Warriors. The, the Trailblazers wouldn't be as good as they've been because, like, Steph doesn't have like the instinct or whatever. Like, can we can we kill that take forever? Whoa, can we can we? I didn't that even take? realize such a take existed. Can we dead that take? Oh, that's yeah, the that's stupidest natural. thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, what do you think the fourteen fifteen Warriors were? Let's see. You got the very talented shooting guard. I think Clay is better than CJ, but you have Clay and CJ, and then you have like some good players, some underrated players. The Warriors ca- cast is better than the Blazers cast. But, like, saying that Steph wouldn't be able to accomplish what Dame has when Steph has accomplished so much more than Dame has accomplished, I think, to me, is ridiculous. And, like, listen, this is Steph that, like, the way they play does not maximize his statistics or his individual moments. Like, the ball is free-flowing. Like, if they wanted to, they could run, like, 40 Steph-KD pick-and-rolls a game, and both of those guys would average, like, 40 points because it would be unstoppable. They don't do that just to keep everyone else in the team involved because it's a better overall philosophy but like if the Warriors wanted to do that like Steph could have Dame moments all the time like go look at a Steph clutch highlight reel like he already does like that that I always talk about this shot all the time but in the 2014-15 season when he pulled up on OKC from the freaking logo to dead them and end the game like he does that he does these things like come on I love Dame I think Dame's a little underrated there's nothing Dame can do that Steph can't Facts. That's simple facts. Like, Steph is better. Sorry, Which Dame. isn't a knock on Dame at all. He's right. great. Like, listen, Steph has had... But. Steph put up, in my opinion, the best offensive season ever two years ago, and he's kind of doing it again this year. I think his true shooting percentage is actually higher than it was two years ago this year, but he's taking less shots. He's missed some games and everything, but he's he's tremendous. Like, it's frustrating. I just think people get so accustomed to watching greatness like that. It's yeah, happened like with LeBron, it happened with Steph. Chris Paul, and it's happened with Steph now. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. I think Harden, too. If Harden loses this MVP, that's just ridiculous. 
it's not happening. He's gonna he, he's gonna win it unanimously. Uh, uh, he's I don't know about that. Okay, okay. Let's let's get to these other questions. Most of these are Bucks related, but not all of them. Paul Henning at Brew City Paul. How big of a contract do you think the Bucks will offer Jennings this summer? I'll hang up and listen. Well, <laughs> um, they don't have much money except for their, I think, either room or mid-level exception. Um, they could end up hard-capped if they end up using all of that, depending on how the Mirza situation goes and the Jabari situation. So, considering Delhi, Brogdon, and Bledsoe will all are all under contract for next season... Very small, I would say very small of a contract is what I think the Bucks will offer Brandon Jennings because they kind of can't offer him a big one. This reminds me of people saying Derrick Rose should get a max offer from the Bucks this last summer, which was a real take. Listen, they can't. Thank God they can't. They couldn't if they wanted to. <laughs> um, sometimes the salary cap is essential for teams. Let's just move on. I, don't, I doubt you I mean, have this that is much a, question. a different take. Yeah, you can go ahead. I, I mean, uh, just to add something, this is a question that the Wizards had. Well, that I, I thought the Wizards were going to have to answer after, you know, he was signed last season and he wasn't even offered a contract. So I think it's obviously too early to even contemplate that. Yeah, I mean, we got to see how he plays in Milwaukee if he plays in Milwaukee. Right. At from Jared at Jamin's Hoops, feel like the opposite of this question gets asked all the time. So which TV death made you the happiest? Whoa. I have one ready, if you want to think about it. Yeah, yeah. Do you watch Game of Thrones? You know what? I don't. Shocker. Uh Uh-oh, this is going to be a spoiler alert. Take off your headphones. Did you take them off? (laughs) <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I mean, listen, Ty, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> so okay, it's like, well, it's Joffrey. I'm, I'm good. When Joffrey died on Game of Thrones, and that's a spoiler. So I didn't say spoiler alert first, but that's like one of the early seasons, and we're on like season eight now, so sorry, people. It's Joffrey. The, the, just, he was like, just the worst, and you just hated him. Like, he, you just couldn't even stand him. And then he died, you just kind of like, all right. Maybe I can enjoy this show again now. And you can't because, you know, everyone you love on Game of Thrones dies. But for a second, it feels optimistic. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't tell you. I I can't even recall the TV death because I don't watch television <laughs> nor many TV shows. But I, I did hear that, again, spoiler alert, if anyone out there still watches The Walking Dead, the little boy, the bratty, annoying cool. kid, I watched a couple episodes with my brother. And I was hoping that he would, he would die. You know, every every episode I watched was just a handful. I was hoping that one of the zombies would come and take him off. You know, off him. But um, I'm actually, he stuck around, and I heard recently that he's uh, that he's gone. So I also heard that, and I'm entirely with you. Out. I'm entirely with you. I hate that character so much, just because of the way Rick says his name. Yeah, Coral. Yeah, and it's just like he 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 was just so annoying. Like there's zombies everywhere. Quit nagging your father, man. Right. That was a good one. I was, and he's I was rocking excited. that dumb cowboy hat constantly. Take it off, man. <laughs> um, here's a question I got from two different people. Mike Weimer, I believe, at Mike Weimer 2, and Jack J. Pelton, my guy Jack. 
Um, Jack asked Rick Pitino to coach the Bucks. Mike asked, will Bucks look at any college coaches this summer? Bennett, Jay Wright, hopefully not Patino, etc. I'm with Mike. Uh, sorry, Jack, hopefully not Patino. I'm not really about that Rick Patino life. But I think um, Bennett would be great. Tony Bennett, Virginia's coach, I think would be. Like, that's... I don't know if he's my top choice for them this summer, but he is all the way up there. Like, he's tremendous, very modern system, um, younger coach at 48 from Wisconsin. There's a connection with Malcolm Brogdon, who played at Virginia. Just tremendous coach, found great success with Virginia, and I would be thrilled if the Bucks hired him. I don't know much about Jay Wright. I don't know about that, but Tony Bennett would be a good one for sure. No take. I mean, I think you got it. Going from, you know, Jason Kidd to Rick Pitino probably wouldn't be <laughs> much of an improvement if one at all. Yeah. So you'd probably pass on him. And plus, I don't know what the escort services are like in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> oh. So if he'd be a great fit there. All right, then. Um, also, just a side note like Joe Prunty has not been impressive the Bucks have not been good under him I, I, Joe Prunty oh, no. seems like a nice guy um, I, at this point it looks strongly like there will be a very open search this summer I think Joe I have, Prunty looks like what I envisioned Johnny Appleseed to look like there's a there's a take for you that's something um, one more question from the legend of Liggins at Crum Wilson Crumb underscore Wilson. Uh, I'm going to skip the first part because I don't really, I don't know what the context is for it, but here's the question. Wonder your thoughts, Ty. Uh, you can answer too, I'm sure. On why Thon has not seen run in G League. Is it the thought of it would hurt, hurt his confidence? Seems like he would benefit some from some, from some run in the G League. Um, I, I wish I knew why. Well, I do know why. He, it's not. I don't think it's his confidence. I think it's more so like with the John Henson's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Uh, Marshall Plumley is pretty much just a G League player at this point. I would be surprised if we saw him get any sort of run with the Bucks now that Zeller's on the team. But with Henson sort of hurt slash not hurt all the time, the Bucks do not want a situation where their only center is Tyler Zeller which could happen if Don's in the G League and Henson has to miss a game. So I think it's more insurance than anything else. I mean, that's the reason that Xavier Munford's been up on the Bucks for so long and he's played so little is they have no guards, so he's just kind of there just in case, which is also the reason Jennings is being brought in, I would assume. But, you know, I said he would never sign with the Bucks, and now he has, so I could be wrong about that one. Uh, but I, I would I would assume most of the reason is, you know, they might want to use him situationally still at times, and... It's good insurance, but I think it would help him to play in the G League. And, I mean, if Henson and Zeller look healthy, obviously Giannis can play center as well. That's something the Bucks have done a little more recently. I wouldn't mind seeing Don get some time in the G League to actually play, which is helpful to players. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the Bucks. I don't – I mean, you can you can talk about this more probably, but, like, it's not like they have any world-beating bigs on their team. I mean, I was looking at their roster, and John Henson's a solid big, but – you know, I can't. I can see Thon maybe, like you said, situationally, if if you know if it makes sense, depending on who they're playing, 
get some minutes over him even you know i could see him earning time on that roster like tyler zeller isn't someone who like you know needs 30 minutes a game or anything like that yeah i don't think he could handle 30 minutes a game so yeah i mean i think <laughs> he'll he'll get more run like he hasn't played in a little bit but it wouldn't surprise me if don played like 20 minutes in any random game like it's you never know with the bucks you just never know and i was gonna ask you ty since you mentioned him what's good with Shabazz Muhammad, because I was super high on him coming out of college. A ton of people were obviously didn't live up to expectations, but like I didn't even know if he was better than uh, dude's name. Like can Sean keep Kilpatrick. Forgetting. Sean Kilpatrick. Yeah, like I don't. I didn't even know if he was better than him. I, I don't What's know good if he is. Him? I don't know if he is better than him. Um, I believe that. Like I heard someone say he started a game in, with the Bucks. I, I'm almost positive he has not started a game with the Bucks because that would be ridiculous. But, uh, you know, he I think he's played in one game in Milwaukee so far. I'm looking at the box score right now. It was their win against the Knicks. Uh, he did not start. He played uh, six minutes, made two shots and two free throws. I, I feel like the problem with Shabazz Muhammad is, like, he's an interesting prospect who is not super young anymore. He's 25 now. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, he's always oh, played in two games with the Bucks. Excuse me, averaging three points per game. Um, he's someone the Bucks have had interest in for a little while. Uh, I just think, like, he can't shoot from three at all. Career 31.7%, 21.1% this season in very light minutes with Minnesota and obviously Milwaukee. But, like, why do the Bucks need a wing player who can't shoot from three and kind of needs the ball in his hands to do anything that, that's very productive? Like, again, like, with the rest of this team's makeup, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to add Shabazz Muhammad. Um, they, like, I thought Kilpatrick was a better use of the roster spot because you can play him at, like, the sort of point guard if you really have to. And although Kilpatrick's not a knockdown shooter, he's... 28.3% on this season. He's still better than 21.1%, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, he's here now. Uh, I would assume he'll be here for the rest <laughs> of the season. I just don't know if he'll have any sort of a role that matters in the long term. I mean, listen, it could be worse. You could have Joni Meeks on your roster. I mean, Shabazz has given the Bucks 13 minutes so far. I don't know if I don't know what number he reaches overall, but I bet it's not much higher. But it, it does. I mean, it it kills me that my guy Xavier Munford's in six games, averaging three point five minutes per game. Yeah. What is that like? Twenty one total minutes, I think. And obviously, his shooting splits look terrible because he's missed a couple shots in that time, and it just ruins your numbers. But I I really do think X can play, and I would rather see him get opportunities than you know Shabazz Muhammad or Brandon Jennings. Even if X is the same age as Shabazz, like. He hasn't gotten a chance to play. And, and same with Joel Ballenboy, really, who is now he can't go up to the Bucks again because he's uh, not a two-way player anymore, kind of what she was. But, like, Ballenboy can play a bit too, and he can shoot. He's kind of between four and the five in terms of size, but uh, he's a guy who I would like to see what he can do in more NBA time. But instead we're going to see Shabazz Muhammad and Brandon Jennings, which I guess the Bucks figure they can contribute more now, and that makes it more worthwhile going with them than the guys who are more unproven sure but i don't know i'm always in favor of playing young guys though i think it's good for a team agreed is that it do we have any more ty that's all the questions we got 
I think it's uh I think we're that wrapping up. That was a good one, here. man. This was fun. Yeah, talk is talk. Shout out to all the talkers out there, all the listeners. Listeners listen. Hopefully you guys are taking in these sounds and enjoying them. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Ty Windish at Ben Mahich MBA. Uh what else? What else? What else? You can check out my other podcast, Time Out with Ty, if you want to. I do two podcasts now. It's no big deal. It's just just working, just grinding, you know, when uh my swipes aren't going well on real life Tinder. What do I do? <laughs> what do I do? I, I just do a podcast. It's productive, I guess. So shout out to me and my strange coping mechanisms that results in more more art for all of you. I'm a I'm a huge fan of everything you've done, Ty. If you haven't checked it out, he has a dope interview with that. I forget the person's name, but Mirren Fader, went to Lithuania and, the and feature the queen. Yeah. Yeah, she was, so she, was she was awesome. It was Time really fun. Thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, everybody, again, thank you for listening. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you find it. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, I think Google Play. We might be on there. I'm not sure. Uh, you can always find it on Twitter. Follow Talkers Talk Pod and both of us. A shout-out to Joey Burbs. does intro and outro music for this podcast. I think that's all the shout-outs. Unless, Ben, do you have any shout-outs? Um, you know, I want to revoke my shout out to Johnny Appleseed. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I searched a bit. I looked up Johnny Appleseed facts just to, you know, expand my knowledge on the man. And apparently, you know, he was, he was trying to solicit a 10 year old girl, according to a oh, rumor no. from the 1700s. And that's not that, you know, oh, it's the no. me too movements taking over Johnny Appleseed. We don't mess with you no more. I'm revoking Johnny Appleseed day. Oh no, that puts the stain on the whole podcast, man. <laughs> Reverse shout out Johnny Appleseed. Like I appreciate, I appreciate you bringing apples to the forefront of the country, walking around and planting these trees. But we don't mess with you now, Johnny no, Appleseed. No, you're done. Let's get Johnny Appleseed out the paint. Let's. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a what a distressing end to the podcast, man. Thanks for listening, everybody, and you know, do us a favor. <laughs> Go tell everyone that Johnny Appleseed ain't shit. <laughs>